You're listening to Queer Invasion Radio, and I'm your host, Susie Sheeler. And I'm your host, Screamish Joy, and we're here. And we're queer. Let's Let's talk talk about about it. it. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of QI Radio, Queer Invasion Radio, where I'm one of your hosts, Susie Sheeler. And I'm one of your hosts, Screamish Joy. And our third host today is uh, a friend of the show, soon to be a regular, Michelle Awilapaleo. She's an Air Force veteran with a bachelor's degree from the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, She's also the board secretary of the Texas Health Action, uh, the parent company of Kind Clinic. Is that still all all the things you do? All the things. All the things. (laughs) Oh, well, we're so glad to have you here. I know you've been traveling and, uh, and safely. So as you said, you hadn't had any, um, you haven't had much contact with people. So it's not much different from being at home, only you get to see different things. Yes, change of scenery. uh, The demands are different. So you can unplug in a different manner. Um, So I've been on the road for five days. I um, took three days of leave. I have Thursday and Friday off those federal holidays. So I was able to stretch three days into nine and it's been nice and safe. I haven't had to deal with anybody. It's been awesome. (laughs) That is so wonderful. That is just fantastic. It sounds intriguing. (laughs) You know, with with Thanksgiving being basically canceled, uh, it's good to sort of, you know, do some introspection and, and celebrate um, something a little differently this year in particular. Right. I totally understand Health, that. Safety. People are going to yeah. try to do that. I, I um, think this is a great year to reset all kinds of rituals and yeah. things, you know, like it's an opportunity that I think a lot of people might be missing out on because they're, they're too focused on what they can't do versus on what they can you know did you guys see all the people at the uh, airport the austin airport not just lax but austin just packed (sighs) yeah i I wasn't feeling that (laughs) and i have i mean i have flown twice uh this year and um you know i live alone i've been working from home since march so for you know this entire time i've been at home um and i felt safer previously but certainly not during the holidays and i also traveled while the airlines were still uh very regimented in their protocols so they still were blocking the middle seat um okay uh, mm. things like that and i think that's not the case anymore which is a I think at least a couple of the airlines announced that they were going to open up a little bit more you know it's like yeah. they truly believe it's over yeah and you you know, that's the interesting thing about traveling state to state by car is, you know, when you're at the gas pump, you can see who wears masks and it is mandated. Uh, so I'm in Arizona, Mexico, and uh, it's mandated. So I'm seeing people in masks at all of the parks, um, everybody is distancing. And so the tone is still very much that you're in a pandemic, um, but there is a, a culture, especially back home that you know, we're out of the woods and we're not. I mean, you're you're heading heading into the you know the big super event season, which is the holidays and the major gatherings. Um, so it's it's pretty worrisome. That um, I just think it's pretty relevant as we're coming into December, and for the show, you know, we're kind of focused on community this month. That's that's sort of our primary topic, and we're at a time right now where community feels very fractured. 
and we're having yeah. to find different ways, you know, to sort of connect with each other and come together and support each, you know, whatever. And so it's interesting how we see community happening. Like, you know, when you travel, you sort of see so that true. community spirit, I guess, when people are all really working together versus- Yeah, when, I think that's well said. Uh, and yeah. you can see it and it's, you know, it's not even just in family units. You can see it just really um, people wanting to be uh, among their people at, at, at a different safe manner. So, you know, the, the drive-in movies and the drive-in shows and things like that, people are wanting to still have a, a sort of modicum of community, but, you know, responsibly. And there are ways to do it. And people are very creative at the eight, <laughs> nine month mark. Hey you man, know. we're that's what that's what we do. We adapt. That's what yeah. that's what humans do. Yeah, you know, we just adapt. And and unfortunately, there's a, a huge group of people who um, and I'm not just talking about the rabid Trump supporters. I'm talking about just general GOP. They call it mm -hmm. old party for a reason. They're very status quo. They don't want any change, and the change they want is some radical fascism. I, I, I mean, there's no, there's no middle ground with these guys. Yeah. Uh, I think if I were Republicans, I would, I, you know, the, the guys on the Lincoln project or these, these, these Republicans who are, you know, on our side or whatever, yeah. which they are, they are not at all. <laughs> we need, we really need to watch out for them. Uh, uh, but I, I just, you know, I, I wonder if, if we're going to, do you think we'll we'll ever be able to uh, win again without those kinds of Republicans? Do you think if I were them, like I said, I would drop the name Republican and I would move away from the party and I would become the Lincoln Party, just like they're yeah. saying right now. I think oh, you know there awesome. there's such a little dance on on both sides, and um, you know it, there's such a strange dance toward towards being moderate and votable. And, and that's why Biden was votable, um, you know, over the other Democratic contenders, uh, even with Kamala, who we love Kamala, but she's a black woman. And she, like, you know, Biden had to really be, you know, Mr. Sort of middle ground mm. to make this work. And, you know, so to, to your question about do we really need those sort of more moderate Republicans? And I think we do. I mean, otherwise you have this extreme, extremely polarized two-party system. And it is, it, I mean, it's certainly polarized, but the people in the middle are like, come on, dude, like come budge a little bit. And the rest of us are like, you can't budge on that topic. That topic you cannot budge about. <laughs> I'm talking about after the, the you know, now. Now we have to watch what they're doing because they have, in my opinion, insidiously invaded the yeah. Democratic Party. <laughs> we just well, need to watch and in the institution. So you know, now we have lots of concerns with the Supreme Court again, and you know, the House and Senate. You do have this this uh, prevalence of just very extreme GOP presence, um, regardless of which hat is being worn. It's there, and it really it's going to be there for a long time. I mean, look at the Supreme Court nomination, you know, that's I think, I think to the degree that there's any sort of any kind of association of value system to party line, what has happened in the last four years, it almost seems like it has to force a fracture somewhere because 
I just don't see how you go forward and have stated core values and still be able to align yourself against that. That's just my opinion. I mean, um, people have somehow figured out ways to rationalize that for themselves, but for me, I, I find that to be stunning. Like, will, will they change yeah. it to the party of Trump? Do you think? He's still like going to go. He's wired to. I mean, yeah, he's he's got he's going to go on his his rallies continue. He's already planning that. I mean, I think he. I mean, how many rallies out. do you think he'll get in prison? <laughs> do you think that he'll they'll allow him like prison yard rallies or like? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm dreaming. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I was just to, hoping in New York. White collar rally. Right. Just, yeah. <laughs> I would be very upset if uh, if if Biden pulled a, a Gerald Ford. I mean, I don't mind that that he doesn't do it. You know, as far as the presidency goes, but I say throw him to the wolves. Yeah, but the Southern District of New York—that's who I'm talking about. Cannot be pardoned. Yeah, his his state. He can he can be pardoned. He absolutely not at the state level not, not he can only be pardoned for federal crimes if the southern district of new york prosecutes him those crimes are separate than federal level crimes he had to be he would have to be pardoned by a governor i'm almost certain that that's actually the like wow the distinction there that is why it's so important that they're able to bring charges against him specifically yeah not federal yeah. crimes he could be pardoned for all the federal like biden could pardon him and hopefully he would still go to Rikers Island. No, I'm teasing. I don't know where he goes, but it, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, Mar yeah, they can lock him in Mar-a-Lago. Exactly. Just lock him in. <laughs> lock him up with Melania. That will be their own like. And no, you know, maybe I do like. I like all the changing her Facebook status to single. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Beautiful. I, I I love that. I oh, and I love that they're gonna give. And this is a weird thing to me. They're gonna uh, to weird thing to me, is that uh, Twitter is all like, oh, we're gonna hand the POTUS handle over to. I don't follow POTUS. People don't follow POTUS. They follow Donald Trump. They don't follow yeah. the POTUS. Who gives a shit? I mean, do something yeah. meaningful, like throw his ass off of Twitter for violating <laughs> all yeah. of your standards. It's no not that difficult. So, you know, but, I have I have never been on Twitter and that is the reason why uh, it's solely be been because of, you know, uh, Trump world. I just- um, Oh, they've all moved to Parlay. Yes, I read that. Parlay. And MeWe, and MeWe, that's the new Facebook. <laughs> MeWe, MeWe. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. Have at it. Like so that I'm like I'm a member of this like very, very, very neutral group, right? It's like it's like a birding group, right? It's so neutral. And oh my god, like somebody posts in the group, hey, are y'all gonna be opening up a group on MeWe? Because I'm moving over there and I'd love to follow you there. Okay, <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm no longer a member of a neutral birding group. I'm a member of a shitstorm fire. Like, I mean, like, oh my god! I'm like, oh my god! These people love birds, but they fucking hate each other. Like, it was, <laughs> it was insane. I was, just, and they finally took the put. Like, I got into the post. I'm gonna go with like 12 seconds before they deleted it because I could oh, wow. read all the comments, but none of the links would open up. Like I couldn't open any comments or anything like that, but I could go through and like, <laughs> see like, oh, this escalated 
very quickly. Like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I, it was kind of, it was frightening to be quite honest with you. Oh, and that's, it's, that's filling out into the real world. I mean, it's, it's not just behind, it used to be, oh, you can say whatever, you know, behind the keys, mm -hmm. you know, of, of your computer, you're able to say whatever you want. Well, people are now saying it just right to your face. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, Ricky, Ricky Schroeder bailed out. Yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, that's, with the my pillow guy, the, uh, right, right? Oh no, not with the my pillow guy. <laughs> yeah, <Fucker>. yeah. <laughs> you gotta have something to scream into. I, I guess so. I guess so. Well, I mean, Ale a I Jesus mean, he, pillow should well, be a good thing. Honest to God, if you just think of Alex Jones and then the phrase "you've got to have something to scream into," it really works. <laughs> it's like you can see why they all work together. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Why yeah. do they all yell at each other? It's so weird. When we have women in charge, it's just going to be so much like nicer, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, interesting that, that, um, just the, that bully culture. And when you're around it, they're identifying whether you are going to put up with that or not, because it's so select, they won't yell at every woman. Like they, you know, they can turn that on and off. So there's a switch mechanism and, <laughs> You know, it's very gendered, which is unfortunate because I've certainly been around plenty of women at Yale and it's it's just so different. <laughs> know. You know, it's not, it's a very different bully culture and then it normalizes. So it's like, you know, you're one of the dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. I was raised by a yeller and I'm kind of a natural mm -hmm. yeller. <laughs> so, yeah. well, but you're not a yeah. bully. Like it's so different. No, but I've been know? accused of, I've been accused of being, I've been accused of being very intimidating in corporate culture. And I have been told, and these are, this is a direct quote. You are technically on point, but sometimes your delivery is difficult. <laughs> well, I would rather be a difficult person than not. My response was, you're a big right. baby. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is that you, you know, you address things that are actually important and pertinent, and you're not going to have any progress if you skip that. My that's delivery right. is just pragmatic. It's not emotional, whatever. Some no, people, yeah, that's very true. Like that, you know, like some people, whatever. Don't yep. get it. Don't they need get a it. soft touch. That's not me. Well, and then if you're quiet, then you're stone cold. So then you're, you know, aloof or dismiss it or whatever like you can't right. win so yeah that's right women yeah well whatever <laughs> we're we're shrill and shriekers and whatever i'm fine oh my that. gosh the kamala Just comments somebody said oh. something about her shrieking and i'm like are you kidding oh her cackling i'm like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> like she's fabulous you you got you can't be serious oh yeah the, oh no they're gonna go after the easiest fucking thing they can go after yeah. what's well, the lowest i mean it's just the lowest Thing you could get. I mean, it's so it, it's so non. It's not if, if, any level. It feeds their it. audience, though. It definitely feeds yeah, their yeah. audience because they really as. And I like to remind everybody this all the time. Trump said he loves the uneducated, and he yep. loves the uneducated for a reason. And they speak to the you know they speak to their audience. Not that every single That's person right. who supports him is uneducated, but a vast majority of them definitely, you know or not yeah. rising above, let's just say that. Well, and the, you know, the interesting thing about, um, you know, about community, about culture, about uh, embedded uh, bigotry and racism and just this prevalence in, in the Trump world is 
you know, you have these really fabulous books that are out like white fragility. And, you know, you have so many great books that address like, Hey, this is directed at a white person. Please read this. This is telling you, this is a handbook of why these topics are hard. Yes. You were born into this. You were not because you were born in Arizona, you were not born a racist, but you were born into a world that is so restricted and you have not diversified. You haven't had the opportunity. And so by virtue of being, you know, having this, this um, bias that you're born with, it doesn't make you a bad person. But once you have become aware that this thing exists, if you do not act on it, if you do not speak on it, if you just stay silent, then there is your implicit. And you're making and a so choice. That, yeah. Yeah, you're making an actual choice. And so you're not born implicitly bad. You're not born implicitly racist, but you are born into a restricted world where at some point you have to look around and say, this thing's not right. Why is this group of people, why is this demographic doing all of this themselves? And at some point you become cognizant of those things and your community deserves better than you to look the other way. I mean, it is that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, people that said that they would never vote for Trump except that they were pro-life and you're like, oh my God, he is not pro-life first of all. <laughs> But, you know, if everything else is wiped out to save the fetus and not the baby, you know, you come across these things that are, you're making decisions for other people's lives, you know, and other people's safety and welfare. So at and that, that remdesivir that he was taking was made with stem cells from yep. aborted fetuses. Um, yep. He's not pro-life. No, and he's, and God true. knows how many abortions he's actually paid for. He's not pro-life, but he has uh, absolutely put in pro-life judges and he has, he has absolutely supported that, that particular base. uh, He doesn't know that. I think they just put these things in front and say, we need these judges. And I mean, he didn't. uh, And that that may very well be the case, but that was, that was the role that he served, you know, they they clearly don't care that he's the uh, broken immoral man that he is. They don't give a shit about that at all. He is a means to an end. And that is what's that's, that's the problem, you know, is, is really, again, fundamentally, if you, if you need somebody whose value system is that corrupt and that broken to fulfill your value system, then you right. might need to take a look at your value system. You know, like well, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest critique that most of us have with the Christian community, whether we're Christian or not, is that statement in and of itself. So, you know, we know that, you know, we know the evangelical followers with Pence, but if, if all of these things that have occurred over the last four years do not make some huge crosses and you're doing the right thing by others, there's a, there's a dogmatic problem here. Right. You know, <laughs> there's a major problem. And I, well, I read something that said about, um, you know, who did you see going to church the Sunday following the election? You saw Biden go into his Catholic yeah. church. And so, you yeah. know, you cannot separate kindness and decency and you know having a kindred spirit towards your you know your greater community and and putting up with half of this stuff right yeah, absolutely well, i'll be interested to see if biden goes to the national prayer breakfast that'll be yeah. i really hope he doesn't do that 
<clears throat> uh, they are uh, i mean it's almost he has to yeah i'm like i feel pretty confident he will <laughs> oh yeah yeah but it's, yeah it's, a, it's such it's such a fucked up thing yeah to, I mean, if you if you look at its root have you guys seen the family on netflix uh, i have not seen that it's I, it's on my list about, right now yeah it's, it's on my specifically list. about the national prayer breakfast and who runs yeah. it and it is really really screwed up i mean just watch it you will see i mean they there's a bunch of white guys who talk about ruling the world it's I, creepy i'm still very That's who rules the world. <laughs> i'm still very confused and get trying to get caught up on the multiple nexium documentaries that are happening and i didn't I realize <laughs> i didn't realize there were like two or three of them and so i was bouncing in and out of them <laughs> And the fire fraud, fire island thing, or not fire. Oh my, the fire, fire island thing was. I love that. No, oh. it wasn't fire island. Fire <laughs> island is a whole different place. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> oh, oh, is that a the different fire thing? festival? Oh, the fire fest. Yes, that's yes, <laughs> that's what I meant. Not, what I meant not, not fire island. What's fire island? Oh my god. <laughs> Would you like to field this one? <laughs> Well, so I have you have you two watched um, Ratched yet? Speaking yeah, of the I've, queer community, yes, we've. I mean, I have watched it. I, I think I talked to you about the use of color. That's just so amazing. Oh, the color oh is fabulous. God. Yeah, I have to say, I haven't watched it because I have a level of trauma. I have a trauma level aversion to violence, and there's yeah, yeah. yeah so I, there's just literally no way I, I can watch. Oh yeah, I can see that. Well, <laughs> but I, I wanted to. I really wanted to. Yeah. And I like I have a trauma level uh, attraction to Sarah Paulson. I do too. I do too. No, she's fantastic. Yes, yes. she's awesome. Yes. Yeah. She and Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon's character. Oh, was Cynthia fabulous. Nixon's in it too. Yes, I've only her, seen like an episode her character and a half. is fabulous. Wow. Oh my gosh. And wow. um Vince D'Onofrio who played God Gordon damn it. Now I'm gonna D'Onofrio. have to watch it. <laughs> okay, like I've always okay. had a crush on Vince D'Onofrio. On a scale he's of, amazing. He is. No, I love Vince D'Onofrio. He's ridiculous. He's uh, he's, he's amazing. He's a he's just a terrible bastard in the show, and it's fabulous. He's he plays it perfectly perfectly just like he would play a great terrible bastard of course he would. <laughs> oh my gosh we just we, we just did about two minutes on vince d'onofrio <laughs> we'll have to tag him in the hashtag or whatever <laughs> go goran team goran we did just get we did just get a, a a social media person who will be helping us with our future. Oh, exciting! Stuff. So yeah, that'll be fun. Because <laughs> we have awesome. a lot of stuff that you know we just need to promote. I mean, people. I oh think, yeah. And we have some great guests coming up too, um, and so that's going to be really fun. We have uh, Carol, mm-hmm. Carol uh, Stromboli, uh, XL Stefan, who wrote the book that you and I are doing. I'm so excited. So I'll sh- you'll be able to see her show and see who oh, she is. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> and then and then her girlfriend, we is a huge activist in France. And in fact, um, her name is uh, Sarah Devicomte, and she's going to be on as well coming up. And she's uh, just a major, major activist. And we talked to her about all kinds of stuff, um, including the fact that the, the it seems that the communities are very, very fractured, even more so than over here. Like mm-hmm. the trans community isn't really as visible 
as they are here. Um, because people still, and, and in fact, they still call them transsexuals. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's how far behind they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She talked a lot about that. Hmm. She done. And anyway, it is, that's... you know, we should say we, we pre-record, um, but it is right now it's trans awareness week, you know, and, yeah. um, just it, it, it was interesting. I think kind of I don't know. I think sometimes I think of like the French as being very progressive in terms of, you know, contextually. Right. To, and so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to like hear from somebody who lived there and that, that was their community and kind of the, the, the challenges that they dealt with within their own communities. You Pretty know. crazy stuff. That's It's very well, different. Yeah, the evolution of language is so... Um, you know, it it's, it's so staged. There's not a big bang to it. It's just a staged implementation of language where, you know, I did, I, I picked that up in the book actually. And I, you know, I think for, for her sake, she could abbreviate trans and everybody wins. Oh, but, and by the way, the book we're talking about is uh, Girls Have the Softest Skin, written by Carol Axel Stefan, and uh, she'll be a guest later. But that's uh, Michelle uh, is going to be one of the, uh, the readers for the podcast version and the audible version. So that's what we're talking yeah. about. Please, I'm sorry so, to I'm so you. excited. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, Susie made the great point of in, you know, in certain countries, you certainly still have the romance language gendered. Um, wording and so in in Italian words you know it it is a vowel ending and a or e for women and and so you still have that and so in the United States where our language is changing super fast you know we 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 shifted the transgender uh, moniker many many years ago um, I mean I remember maybe six or seven years ago somebody close to me saying oriental instead of asian and i was very alarmed by this yeah. and I was like, do you mean a carpet like there's only one use of this word right yeah like <laughs> you know. honestly i have to remind people especially older generation people and i will say it all the time oriental things time periods yes. <laughs> asian you some, people I, you know it's like yeah it's, i was so shocked by it and it it, 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 it is shocking person yes we're it's used a, to a different wor- world. Absolutely. It's true. And it's, it's, and it is very shocking when you hear so, something like that, or even, a. I saw, I saw somebody yeah. doing a, a, a Chinese imitation from like on some show yeah. from way back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was Jerry Lewis. Why was oh. I watching Jerry Lewis for fuck's sake? It is shocking. Yeah. It is shocking to, I mean, I, and I, I to see, old school portrayals yeah. of almost any kind of race thing like honestly yeah, it's just yeah. unreal i mean even on the carol burnett show they did it and, well i'm upset about justin trudeau's blackface i'm very oh, upset about all of us i'm know, always surprised college. I, yeah and I that mean, wasn't that long ago I, no. I don't know it's like i i i remember being i mean we you know susie and i were raised in a very conservative very mm-hmm white bread patriarchal place you know in general and you know we both had our own experiences with that but i still remember questioning like very obvious things to me at least at a very young age and and ultimately like growing away from my family for a long period of time to just identify my own value system you know which i think is what a lot of us do and that's really the 
the core of it, you know. Um, but I, I, I am always stunned when I see things like that, where I'm like, it literally, even in the context of the world I was raised in, it would not have crossed my mind to do that. Like, I just would not right. have done that. Like, and I don't, we were right. from the seventies, man. Yeah, we would like, never have done. We were taught. Yeah. You don't say that's, I mean, I think we might've been the first generation who was taught that's yeah. not okay to say that's not, we don't say these words. We don't, you know, there were other words that were apparently fine uh, until, <laughs> until we got older. Oh, absolutely. That's not okay, okay then, but then not now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. Something about, you know, for me being light skinned African-American people will say words in front of me, making <gasps> assumptions and you know, in the 90s, and I grew up in a white community in the 90s, and I heard the word Negro a lot, and I would mm -hmm. go home, and I'm like, why are people saying the word Negro? Like, <laughs> what year is this? And that was in the 90s, That's... you know, and they, they weren't even thinking about this with my presence. It, you know, it wasn't resonating whatsoever well, sure. until I said something. But like the the word itself, you're like, what what decade? And what I, is happening? Right. And it's, you in, know, in their in their minds, they were being appropriate, polite. right? They were being yeah. polite. Well, yeah, like, because yeah. they knew like the the phrase when the phrase people or persons of color came out or became widespread, that was very itchy to people because they're like, wait, I can't say somebody is colored, but now I'm being told person of color is okay what do I do here and then you have the you know the dynamic of black versus african-american where I will tell somebody that I'm black or african-american and I interchange the two um, I don't tend to say mixed I don't tend to say biracial mm -hmm. um, I identify as black or african-american and so then people will say well but you're not african-american <laughs> you're you're from XYZ country in Africa. And I'm like, well, I, I did 23 and me, so I could I could get that granular, but you know, these these words are okay. These yeah. words are not okay. Yeah. Right, right. You know, but it's you can see it's very itchy for people. I had um a, another loved one that said, Hey, you know, do I say Hispanic? Do I say Latino, Latina? I, I'm like, say Latinx, you win it all. There you go. Well, you know, I so don't you know. There's, there's a lot of Latinos who don't like that. A lot nope, that of Latinos true. who do not like that. And so they're going to have this. Here we come with the gendered language, right? Yeah, so this is going to be absolutely. a major shift for these people. I, I really tend to think. I really yeah. tend to think that language, I mean, truly speaking, it really shifts at a generational level and very it slowly, does. you know, generations are the ones that, you know, it's like the old people, they may be pissed off all the way until, you know, they're out <laughs> and they may still yeah. use the same. I, you know, I think we tend to sometimes be a little forgiving about some of those elements of older generations uh, because, you know, like my grandmother, bless her heart and rest her soul because she passed away this year and I love her to death and um you know she and I god I want to say this out loud I just want to say it out loud that one of okay. one of the one of the last things that we talked about in clear detail was that she she believed Trump was a bad man and that he did not need to be the leader of our country and I was just so grateful for her you know yeah. to hear that from her to know that her value system wouldn't allow for him but my yeah. grandmother never, never, I mean, she always referred to black or African-American people as colored people. Yeah. Um, and she never, 
was able to go beyond that. And, you know, yeah. I know, I know that her feelings and her relationship and her heart grew and changed over the years, even if her linguistics mm -hmm. were not able to modify with them, you know, and I, uh, um, yeah. you know, my, my, I have a, I have a family member who said Oriental a couple of times and all mm -hmm. it did was gently, you know, say, actually, mm -hmm. this is how this is now. And she made like two more slip ups. And then when she, and then she slipped up one more time and she's like, oh, oh, oh. So she's, you know, she's, they're trying. They, they do try. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. We all do have try. to do that. And we I all, always we, ask if somebody, yeah. like if I'm talking to somebody and, you know, a friend of mine, I will say, do you prefer to be called black or African American? Because my go to is black because my best friend said, say black and she's black. So <laughs> I just use that. Yeah. And that's, you know, so my, my family, so my mom is, is black. And so that's her theory. Like that is why we don't say the word mixed, even though my father's white you're, you know, to her world is the one drop world. So you're black or you're not. Right. It is very yep. simple. It is not confusing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had this um, anthropology professor at UT and this was, um, you know, a decade plus ago. And uh, he took one look at me and he said, well, so you're African-American. And I hadn't disclosed at that point. And um, I, you know, this was like a summer course. And so I had the football and basketball players in the back and they immediately said, oh, we knew, we knew. And so you, you have a visibility to some groups of people. There's a lot to do with coming out about it. So you're constantly coming out about your race, ethnicity, yeah. orientation, things like that. But this professor, he said that in Brazil, which is where he had his focus work for anthropological studies. He said there are 114 terms for being mixed and so if you you know and he's like well so you have freckles and blue eyes and curly hair so you're this word and mm. in the united states we are so confused by this concept wow you know it's like i you know every single time i tell someone i just watch their face and they go through this whole process and i think i've already told you too about the high school i went to when i was applying for the air force academy on my uh, you know, registration form, the registrar, she was like, oh, uh, the, the race question. And I had marked black and I was like, no, that's correct. And she was like, oh, like Mariah. <laughs> like Mariah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so Fuck. people really, they have to put you in this little cubby. And then it was Vanessa Williams, but. Oh yeah, I sure. mean, there are not just two people that look like me and by the way, their races are, I mean, it's just so, yeah, we, so we are trained to compartmentalize. I mean, without yes. question. And that is the same within the queer community, which is yes. why we're queer invasion because there's so many letters and so many identifiers. Yes. And it's not that the identifiers in and of themselves are good or bad. It's just that they're required, you know, yeah. like this idea that we all have to be compartmentalized on so many levels is well, I had, I had someone recently, um, you know, I had told them that I was queer. Uh, I'm, I'm very vocal about all the things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, I thought that was a bad word. And so we had it, you know, we had to talk about language. And, you know, it, it reminded me of last year. So I was in New York City with Pride for, um, for World Pride. And I, I marched in the Dyke March, and I loved it. And it was actually my favorite march I've ever participated in. You just hop right in there's no floats there's no drama it's just awesome 
and um, one of my very good friends who was married to a woman is now partnered with a man. She felt really uncomfortable walking with me. And I'm like, dude, you are a dyke. <laughs> like, I, you know, this is okay. <laughs> and even if you're not, you can still go and walk in this march. But yeah. by the way, you don't get a punch card. Like, no. you know. <laughs> And there's you, no you toaster. I don't care what not. they said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, you right. know, the Kinsey scale is real. You're straight or you're not. You're black or you're not. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's the way it is. Yeah. Well, we're definitely queer, which I think encompasses all of it. I wish we could get away from the from the letters, but um, the the change of the flag is showing me that it seems to be something people want is to continue to be separated. that's how I feel I just like well people like to identify with something uh which yeah. for a lot of us is strange because we're 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 tired of being forced into identification so I'm an August 82 baby and I am falsely accused of being a millennial all the time oh and god me too remember that time remember that time <laughs> <sighs> Well, and so, you know, it's nothing against millennials. It's an no. identification. No, I, I don't identify. And so I'll go through this series of like conversations about technology and not having a cell phone until I was going into the Air Force and things like that. And finally, I found the bulletproof tactic, which is to ask the same person that's saying this to me, who is always a millennial. Uh -huh. And I will say, okay, so where were you on 9-11? Uh -huh. And they will say like, fourth grade or something and I will say you know I was a mayor traffic controller in the air force <laughs> and so you really it's about self-identification and at the end of the day you can have a little chart you can have a little birth chart you can do whatever the heck you want and it's self-identification you know yeah, you that is very you identify with culture and society and the shifts and you remember princess diana getting killed like you remember yeah. all of these things very key events absolutely yeah, yeah. you, yeah. you all... have influence of, of siblings and parents but you really only experience what you've gone through in life and it, you can't speak on anybody else's and so self-identification is critical and i do think that's why people want to hang on to the long queer alphabet i really do yeah i do too i i mean i, I i'm not I, I think as a community, going back to community, it's it's a it's it's something worth discussing, having a few discussions yeah. about, you know, I mean, because I like everybody's point. I want to hear everybody's point of view. Um, I, I I feel differently about it, but I don't it, I don't that doesn't mean that I can't um, understand. I think my um, attitude yeah. about it is more the fact that one i think it is important because i think people do need to absolutely understand the true spectrum of human dynamic yeah. and human life absolutely you need to know that there are people that experience life love and everything else in so many different ways that you might not even be able to imagine them that we probably don't yeah. even have letters for you know like fairly speaking yeah. and so i do appreciate the fact that there are ways that we can identify and that we can mm -hmm. You know, I'm bisexual. I'm in a monogamous heterosexual relationship for 30 years, yep. but I am bisexual. And I tell my husband right. all the time, you're the last man. You're it. That's self-identification. Self-identification. But what I don't want and what I don't appreciate is when those identifiers truly become labels and people yeah. expect them 
and people expect like it's it's if i want to say that i'm those things that's fine that's my but it shouldn't yes. matter how you treat me as a human you should still treat me like a decent fucking human no matter what my fucking letters are okay and like yes. that's where i have a problem with it you know is that we don't need to be categorized for your benefit we and can be categorized for our benefit our, yeah yeah for your benefit you know so i couldn't agree more that's mm -hmm. that's that's my that's my stance <laughs> well, and I, you know, and, and so I feel, I feel, you know, exactly the same, but in a conversely uh, different way, you know, having been married to a man, having been partnered to a woman for 12 years, I, I don't want to have to deal with the moment in time conundrum. So I like the word queer because it removes that the drama from the moment in time, exactly. you know, it's very comfortable. Yes. Because and I, it, it, I, I can wear high heels and not be told. Uh, how can you be gay if you wear dresses and heels every day? Yes, <laughs> right. That's right. exactly that is exactly right. I don't want to have to fit into anybody else's. And yeah. quite frankly, I don't want to tell lesbians that I'm bisexual because they fucking hate us. Period. Yeah, and, I don't and, get uh, most. Yeah, most gay people, uh, male or female, don't do care how have bisexual. a tendency to fight. You know the the group of B and um and the other letters and i think uh, um you know we had a really good conversation in a previous session the three of us about um the a word an ally asexual yeah. and whether allies belong in the in the group and stuff and so you know i think that we all need to sort of stay in our lane as far as we self-identify you let whoever the heck they want to self-identify and move on with your life and not right. worry about it. Mm -hmm. because we don't do this to straight people we don't do this to you know the the majority population and by the way the propensity for somebody to be straight at this point in time is a lot smaller than it was that's yeah. right you know you, right. you have language evolving you have relationships and um you know you have uh, orientation and uh, romantic inclinations that have evolved. You have different styles yeah. of relationships. Look at look at polyamory. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when when the three of us were coming up, you were monogamous or you were not. It was yeah. you know one or the other. And now you have like seventy eight flavors of this. That's you absolutely know. true. Oh, I mean, it's like Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to mint chocolate chips, so. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm on a I'm on a permanent diet, so <laughs> that shit. <laughs> oh well, Michelle, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. I love oh, having just great. shooting that shit with you is so much fun. Likewise, and, um, me too. This has been great. <laughs> yeah, and you'll come back, right? And just hang Most out. Most definitely. As often as you'll have me. Oh, and thank oh, you for my microphone. Oh, you're it's welcome. Do you? <laughs> I feel uh, very Madonna and awesome. <laughs> well, you should. In a minute, you should. After we get off, you should pick it up and sing some songs with my leopard print cardigan. Very nice. Very nice. Leopard print is always in. Thank you, Michelle. We will talk to you soon. Safe travels. Please Thank let me know both. when you get home. And I can do um, that. Excellent. Excellent. And, and thanks everybody for listening to us. We love you. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Yeah. Or <laughs> share us with your friends. Queer Invasion Radio. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye y'all. <laughs>
You've been listening to Queer Invasion Radio. We're here, we're queer, and we need your support. So find us on Patreon or follow us on social media at QI Radio USA and listen to us wherever you hear podcasts. And don't forget to share our stuff and tell all your friends. Thanks, Thanks y'all.